I'm John. I'm Kevin. This is Brandon, and you're listening to The Sports Project. All right, guys. Welcome back to The Sports Project for the first ever video edition. Um, It's been a while since we've been on. Um, We've been just busy with COVID stuff. Uh, I mean, we've been recording, um, but we just not uploading. We've just been trying to really get better, trying to... Um, with the lack of sports going on. I mean, we've had the NBA playoffs, and we've, of course, been talking about that. That's kind of why we've been trying to get on getting recording with the NBA playoffs starting up. Um, But before we get on that, um, just wanted to let you guys know we are still recording. We're still here. We're still doing stuff. We in these streets. Absolutely. We doing it. We're just, uh, (laughs) yeah, we're definitely in these streets, man. We, uh like John said, just dealing with life a little bit, trying to um, make the podcast a little bit better for everyone that's tuning in every week. So um, hopefully you'll uh, start seeing those improvements and uh, we're going to start doing this more on a regular basis. We're going to have a couple of different components. Um, Like we said, we're definitely adding in the video. We've kind of upgraded the audio a little bit. You know, John, we're sending his little ass to school so that he can know how to mix all of it all up for us pretty good. So, um, you know, it's 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 going to be good, guys. So we appreciate your patience riding with us. But just stick with us and uh, we'll get through this together, you know. Yeah. But uh, what you been up to, John? Um, man, not much, man. Um, you know, I, last time we left you guys, my wife was pregnant. Or actually, it was my girlfriend, technically, that was pregnant. Because um, we were actually not married at the time. Um, but I think I was calling her my but wife. But you are now. Yeah, but we are now. We're officially married. Um, the baby is not out yet. We actually got probably about three weeks left, so not very long. <laughs> um, so not much here going on, man. Honestly, just been um, – I, I have started going to school, started class, uh, what, two weeks ago? Uh, my my third week of class starts tomorrow, um, so so I are you are you tonight. all virtual or are you going in person classes or how are they running that right now? Yeah, so right now it's all virtual, which is really odd for me because um, I know I'm pretty sure we've talked about that me and um, me and Brandon served. So of course I've got what's called a GI Bill. Um, and it's where we get to go to school basically for free. They pay for school and books and tuition and all that stuff. Um, and then we get a stipend for basically monthly house living. So like they'll pay you between like nine to $1,500 a month. Um, but that only sets up if you are doing online and in-person classes. Um, and typically you're at least doing some in-person, um, and even when you're doing online, you still get some kind of stipend, but it's not nearly as much. Um, so it's going to be weird. I'm interested to see how it goes. I mean, online classes have been, I mean, to say the least, man, they've been easy. I mean, I know it's like we've, we're only two weeks in, but it's been easy, man. I mean, just this, I mean, I'm only taking math and English right now, but I mean, it's just been basic kind of diff, like the basic stuff I kind of took in high school. I mean, the math has been kind of difficult but um i've actually understood it a lot better 
But other than that, man, not much. Waiting for the yeah. Baby. Well, like you said, it's uh, it's week two, man. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you about week twenty two. <laughs> see how you're still feeling on that, and and make sure those A's are still so easy, like you said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's gonna get harder. I mean, I know my English class honestly isn't gonna get too much more difficult. It's really just writing papers. Um, so my struggle there is just going to be making sure that because proper grant, like true proper grammar is so weird, man. It's so weird. Right. Um, oh yeah, man. Who, who talks all that proper shit, man? We've already slang, established dog. we're from the streets, man. Uh, we've been in these streets, boy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I am from the South though. So I do use some slang. Um, you know, you throw a little y'all in there. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You all is not a common phrase around these parts. <laughs> um, but I actually I lived in New Jersey. Of course, my girl, my girl's from New Jersey. Um, and I actually did live in New Jersey for like a year. Um, and that's what they say. They say you all. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what, man? Just combine that shit. Call it y'all. You doing too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got too much time up there for for full phrases and sentences and you know actual words nah yeah. fuck it we got our own dictionary man we're gonna shorten it up because we're lazy yeah hey uh i meant to ask you so i we this isn't technically our first video we've done a video before um but we just didn't post it or do anything because we were just kind of trying to figure it out um and we plan on publishing this hopefully it does get published assuming that everything <laughs> goes right um but so how well can you see everything that's in the back there? Can you read that sign, what that says? Conquer? No, 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 not that one, the black one. Oh, nah, man. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to, God, I'm going to have to get some bigger letters for that. I was wondering, what I meant to ask say? you guys last time. It says <laughs> fuck COVID right now. It, said, it just said sports last time. I was like, I don't know what else to put, so I'm just going to put sports. But, there you go, man. I'll have to get some bigger letters though, cause I I uh, I want to have that I want to have that and say just random stuff every time we're in a podcast. So um, yeah. But what are you what have you been up to, man? I know uh, work's been kind of here and there. We've been, I've been working a little bit. I know you've been working here and there, home and and going. Yeah, man. I mean, like like you said, work's definitely picking back up. You trying to trying to get a little bit back to normal. So that's definitely a good thing. Um, yes. Playing a little bit of golf, watching a little bit of golf, trying to, you know, be a father, husband, everything, all the above. So all the, yeah, it's everything uh, in between. Yeah, man, it's it's time consuming, but it's uh, I love it, man. It's uh, it's a good time, but just uh, the boys are are starting to to get into um, golf a little bit. They want to go out and hit the range a little bit with the old man there. Uh, we watched a little bit of Popeye the Sailor Man today, so introduced him to some, you know, nostalgic cartoons, things like that. But yes, sir. Um, it's it's funny, man. They 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 make me laugh oh. every day. It's, it's oh awesome. my goodness! Sorry, wow. dude. I just turned around. It's ten to one Atlanta right now for the Phillies. Holy crap! In the second inning, I just had that pulled up a minute ago, and yeah. When they first started, I had it pulled up and there was nothing on it at all. It was zero yeah. zero still. <laughs> I know that was the last time I saw. Because they said, "Yeah, they start." Ho 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 ho! <laughs> I told you, dude. Holy crap, man! Oh man! Oh, oh my that's crazy. god! Um, no, man. I, dude, honestly, I'm so looking forward. I, I didn't mean to 
<laughs> drop that right when you drop the stuff about your kids. Nah, it's crazy. Okay, so I already pulled up the uh, the stat. So again, like you said, second inning. Uh, what we're bottom of the second inning. So they scored all ten runs in the second inning. Oh. Wow. Um. Yeah. So. Swanson had one RBI. Freddie Freeman had two RBIs. Azunia had one. Uh, D. Armand had one. Nate Marcakis had two. And uh, old Austin Riley had three RBIs already, man. Damn. Dude, that They're is killing it. That is sick and nasty, man. Yeah, golly. Well, I know we've been kind of going back and forth. I know a couple weeks ago, like you said, and, and, and guys, you're, you're going to hear some of this content coming out. We're still trying to piece everything together, like we said. So everything was kind of a mumbled mess. But yeah, um, a couple weeks ago, when we were, I guess what I kind of thought was the halfway point, but we were really more like the quarter getting to the halfway point. Uh, the Braves were, were killing it, man, and just came out swinging really, really tough. Yeah, and then early as soon as we said it, it, yeah, and then as soon as we said that, we jinxed the hell out of them. Because, <laughs> I mean, right now they're, what are they? What is this, 18 and 14? They're 6 and 10 away. Uh, I mean, hell, the, the Phillies they're playing tonight are 14 and 14. Well, um, it, I, I mean, it just the, goes the to mar- show you how quickly this can swing with this kind of this kind of schedule and this kind of season that's playing out. The Marlins lead the division, right? Um, I would have to check, but I believe, I believe the Marlins have been on fire, actually, man. Well, and they've had so the National games. League East. No, actually, they don't. They're fourteen and fifteen. So the Braves lead it right now, um, okay. by two games. Oh, nice! And then it's the Phillies, the Marlins the Mets, and then, of course, the Nationals are in last, which is exactly where they deserve to be. <laughs> so they can stay just right there. Just right there, yes. Yeah, so they can stay there all season. Yeah, I, it's been a little while since I had checked the standings, and I just – last I had heard, I the Marlins were sitting in first because they had played like – I think they had like six or seven less games, and they had only lost like seven or eight, maybe nine, um, something like that. Um, so they were leading, they were leading the NL East, but, uh, that, that is good that we're leading the NL East, but 18 and 14 ain't going to, I mean, again, <laughs> we're, I, we're getting to the halfway mark now, right? Cause what it's 60 games. So, thir- oh no, we're a little, well, I guess we're a little past the halfway mark now at this point. Yeah. Jeez. Some teams are, some teams are past like the Rays, man. They've played 35 games already. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it's, I mean, it's, hell, even the Red Sox, I mean, they've played 34 games. Um, I mean, so, it's I mean, not crazy yeah, It's not crazy how many games they've played necessarily. It's just crazy that we're already halfway through a season at, at 30 games in. Okay, so I do have a question and, and, and want to get your opinion on this. So, uh, again, they, they had to change the doubleheader rules to seven inning games now. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about because the other night and again this uh, I, I'm a homer so it was a Braves game, but the other night I uh, forget the p- pitcher's debut man he had a no hitter going into the fifth I believe it was now it was a doubleheader so it was a known seven inning game, but it started coming out that if he did complete the game seven innings with the no hitter it would actually go in the record books as a completed game no hitter completely. Yeah. Legit. 
Well, yeah, because I mean, even if you have, even even let's just assume COVID never happened and we're just playing regular baseball. Even if you make, if you're pitching a no hitter, and what is it? You make it to the sixth inning. I think you have to make it to the sixth inning for it to be a technical yeah. completed game. If it was you know postponed or whatever rain, I think even yeah. that counts. I think that goes down as a no hitter. I'm, I'm, I'm po- I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but I'm almost positive. Yeah, and and I mean, again, maybe that's just a technicality that I've never really had a problem with. But I, I think I don't know. And again, just me personally. And this was watching the Braves. I was pulling for the guy. I didn't want to say anything. I kept waiting for Brandon to text and ruin it, but he did. <laughs> yeah. The guy ruined it on his own. Yeah. Uh, you know, just just for you guys that don't know, Brandon has ruined like four no hitters this year already. As soon as it That's gets to, like, like, the fifth or the sixth inning, we'll all get the <laughs> notifications from ESPN or CBS yes. or wherever you get your sports notifications from. Yes. And Brandon will literally, within five minutes, just be like, hey, man, hey, big big game over here, man. Might want to check it out. And then, <laughs> sure as shit, next thing you know, it's it's done. Um, so I, I don't – you know, he didn't ruin this one. Uh, again, like I said, the, the pitcher ruined it himself. But – I was just wondering about that, and and you know I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that because again I get it it's only two innings, but then again man you didn't complete the game I I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of a purist in that way. So so what I'm I, I'm, what are you, what is your beef or what is your problem with with what happened I'm I'm not so did he it's not get a full like game. It's not oh a full with game. oh with him it's not a full game yeah I mean oh, even yeah. if he did pitch a no hitter for seven innings. Hey man, that's great, but like in my opinion, that's an asterisk. Like, hey, no hitter. Oh, okay. So you're but saying this is a seven inning game. I'm just saying, and I get it because don't get me wrong. In a seven inning game, all the RBIs count, all the hits count, all the home runs count. I mean, everything counts. So it, yeah. I don't know why it kind of threw me off that that hey that would count. Uh, it just rubbed me the wrong way that maybe a pitcher can get a no hitter off seven innings. Like, bitch, it is a nine inning game. Well, I think I can I can definitely, definitely, definitely understand your point, and I think a lot of people do. Even even if like I I agree. I think if you pitch seven innings, if that's what the rules say, if that's a full game, you know, blah blah blah, then cool, get it, that's fine. But yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, you're talking about pitch count is the biggest thing when it comes to a pitcher I, I as from from my point of view I think from anybody's point of view really it's going to be pitch counts like the biggest deal with a pitcher especially when you're talking about throwing seven eight nine innings um so when you say you know I don't I don't think you know it should be a complete game or a, or, or a no hitter or whatever because it was only seven innings absolutely I mean let's just say you throw average 15 pitches an inning if you're only pitching seven innings you're only throwing what 105 pitches right is that 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 math right five times seven is 35 10 times seven is seven yeah i mean you know close enough yeah so so it's 105 pitches well if you are throwing 15 pitches an inning factor in you're going into the eighth and ninth inning now because you're gonna have to pitch in the ninth so Mm -hmm. that's 30 more pitches you got to throw. That's 135 pitches now. And you don't know how yep. that, that 30th pitch or, or that 130th pitch or that 125th pitch is going to come out or what's going to happen to that ball. Um, because, I mean, baseball, it's always any given pitch. 
So I, right. I absolutely, I could definitely see your point, and I definitely see why you think maybe it, w- it shouldn't be counted. But I mean, hey, Barry well, Bonds. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying Barry, again. Barry Bonds' records still count, so I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barry Bonds' record counts, and, and you know those uh, those steroids he put into his ass yeah. also counted too, man. Yeah. I love it when people argue that. That they go, oh, no, man, he didn't do steroids, dude. He just really started taking care of his body. And I'm like, dude, okay, let's go look at this man's pitcher at 26 years old in his prime when he's cranking 500-foot home runs. I mean, he was still cranking them. Don't get me wrong, okay? Dude, you don't put on 100 pounds of pure muscle and your head blow up four times its size because you're just working out. Go ask Bryson DeChambeau. Like, that, that just doesn't happen, man. Um, you you know, again, don't be mad because you hang out with Mark McGuire and, you know, (laughs) Jose Canseco and everybody like that. I I mean, look, man, it is what it is. That's, that's what baseball was in the nineties. But again, just like, you know, I don't believe in the seven inning, no hitter. I don't believe, uh, Barry Bonds is the home run King. All hell to Hank Aaron, baby. Yeah. I, so I I had two two real good buddies in the army that we I used we used to hang out all the time and all three of us were really into sports and one of the guys was actually a Braves fan even though he was from Oregon um his family like grew up in Alabama so he was a Braves fan and the other guy was from California and he was a Giants fan and so he was full blown Barry Bonds like nah he absolutely earned those records and blah 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 and we constantly be like no dude there should be an asterisk like you have to like understand that he's like no 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 so when he hears this if he hears this if he sees this I know he's probably if if he sees it he's definitely gonna call me he's gonna text me or something um but well when he does you can just say hey man asterisk asterisk (laughs) asterisk yeah I have to agree man I agree I don't. I don't think his record stands um, wholly as a as the home run king. Um, I think that still be- belongs to old Hanky. But yeah, um, man. what's up, everyone? This is Brandon from the Sports Project. We got our first sponsor out here, Black Buffalo. Yes, sir. Stuff is awesome. Tell them about it, Brandon. So, Black Buffalo is the world's only smokeless tobacco alternative that delivers the same. Experiences traditional smokeless tobacco without any tobacco leaf or stem. It's got the same taste, it's the same texture, the same color, and yes, the same nicotine. What kind of what kind of flavors they got? So flavors are all the traditional flavors you'd see out there with regular smokeless tobacco. You got wintergreen, you got straight, you got mint, you got peach, peach Georgia. And one of my favorites right now is a blood orange. I ain't never had nothing like it out of any other smokeless tobacco. So go try it out. Hit our Patreon page, any of our social medias, anything like that, and you'll be able to get a link and get save a little bit of money on it and try it out. So moving on from the MLB, um, I actually want to talk about something that's um, something else that's going on right now. Uh, got the NBA playoffs. Um, actually got a couple semifinal games set in place. Actually, I think they played one. Uh, yeah, they played the Celtics and Raptors. Celtics beat the Raptors 112-94. Um, that was today. Um, so you got, yeah, it's a uh, little hard to keep up. Uh, you know, yeah. are they playing? Are they not playing? What's going yeah. on? 
Um, I get it, man. Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're not a political show. We're not going to get into to any of yeah. this, uh, this other stuff that's going on. Um, you know, again, let's either play or let's not play. Um, I think Brandon said it in our group message. He's just like, look, man, are we doing it or are we not? Like what's yeah. going on? I don't know. It seems like every, every day it's uh it's something new. Yeah. Um, there was a report out. I know that LeBron James had said uh, a couple of days ago that, um, you know, he wasn't going to play. He was going to boycott the rest of the season. Um, apparently, Barack Obama personally reached out to him and, and kind of just told him the importance of, of them playing and, and finishing out the season and, um, you know, having all this going on. So, I mean, hell, whether you agree with the man's politics or not, man, at least he's a sports fan. So uh, I guess he did something right. Um, but I, I mean, what, what, what do you think about all this? I mean, I know it's been crazy going on. Um, the, the games have been good though, man. I mean, man, these guys are pulling up from everywhere. <laughs> they don't give a shit, bro. Man, it's, um, yeah, it, as far as, um, of course, like Kevin said, we keep politics out of here. We, we like to just, we keep really anything not sports related out, um, just cause we like to keep it sports related, um, but yeah, I mean, with them sitting out and, you know, I get it. I understand what's going on. Um, and I understand why they sat out, but yeah, I mean, it is kind of annoying when it, it you know, it just, it was dropped because of COVID and then, okay, we're back, we're playing and then COVID's not over, but you know, we're, we're playing sports. There's a couple, well, a couple of organizations playing and then all of a sudden now organizations are canceling games and I don't, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think back most now, of but, the. Yeah, I think most of the NBA teams, they actually came out and said, hey, look, we're boycotting this, we're sitting it out, this and that. So they, they kind of uh, made that announcement. I know that there were several, I want to say two or three uh, uh, baseball games that I heard about that the players actually came out. They, they did the uh, national anthem. They did a 42-second moment of silence for Jackie Robinson um, and, and then just left. And I think that was actually at two or three different games, if I'm not mistaken. It was that similar kind of storyline. There was a bunch of stuff coming out that day and the following day, you know, different teams and organizations um, doing whatever protest or, 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 you know, kind of standings that they felt they should be a part of. Um, so there was so much stuff that was coming out. But, yeah, I mean, I man – that was almost kind of a boss move. You come out, everybody thinks you're going to play, and then you just walk off. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that is ballsy, man. Yeah. But uh, I think that also went over a lot better because there wasn't fans in the stands. If you had a packed-out stadium and two teams just walked off, <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, you're going to have a riot on your hands right there. Yeah. Um, that, was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty crazy. But, um, I mean, what, what have you thought about some of these games? Oh man, they've been exactly as expected, dude. Um, these these teams are, are playing super hard. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of people thought the Lakers weren't going to be as strong with you know yeah with oh. LeBron. Oh no no no! I think some people thought the Lakers weren't going to be as strong with LeBron being. I thought older. you were saying the Lakers were just going to dance through, which I thought the Lakers yeah. were going to kind of dance through. Yeah. And, They've stumbled a little bit, so, you know, I'll, I'll give people that for sure. Yeah, I think when they stumble, because what, I think it was, let me go back and look, because I should be able to go pretty easily. Um, yeah, it was 3-1. to one. 
and then it was – Yeah, I mean, they beat them 4-1. So. They beat the Trailblazers 4-1. They only lost the opening game. The opening game. Um, that, well, that's what I'm saying. I did talk – I did talk to my buddy who uh, he put down, I think, like a stack on on the Trailblazers to beat the Lakers first oh, round. Wow. And if he would have won, I think it would have been like a $26,000 payout. Um, and uh, and after game one, man, he calls me up. He's like, hey, buddy, where are we going? Where are we going? What are we doing? <laughs> and uh, I hadn't heard anything from him since. So that was about a week and a half ago. <laughs> Um, so I knew that I knew the Lakers were winning and, uh, and, and coming out pretty strong when, when, uh, I, I didn't hear anything about it. So I'll have to reach back out and, uh, get an update for you guys and see how, uh, how bad that one's hurting. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they, they've been great games. We've got a couple really good series, um, going down. I think these two series didn't surprise anybody, at least are not surprising to me that they're going down to the wire. Um, got the Nuggets and Jazz playing today at 8.30, which I'll probably put that on here in 10 minutes because, honestly, I, <laughs> this is uh, – Don't need oh, to put the Braves oh, game whoa, whoa, on Oh, whoa, 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 hold on. It's 10 to 4 now. Um, I'm just oh, saying, though, it is, it is 10 to 4, though. So, it, and, and we are talking about the Braves. And we know who we, uh, we, know who we represent. So, hey, I'll yeah. rep them, but I just – I understand who we are. <laughs> Um, play to your strengths, boys. Play yes, to your strengths. Exactly. I know that we getting the lead early is not not that great for us. Getting the lead late is what we need. Um so yeah, they got the Nuggets of Jazz coming up in ten minutes, so I'm gonna probably cut that on. Um and then they've got Rockets and Thunder, uh game six also, um, nine PM tomorrow. So those games uh Houston leads three two. Uh, Utah leads 3-2 um, for the Jazz. Yeah, so, and uh, the Jazz were one of your teams that you kind of liked. Uh, I know, again, we keep referring to stuff that has already been recorded and not released. I promise, guys, you're going to get clips of the content. <laughs> but just trust me, John did actually kind of pick out the Jazz, saying that he really kind of liked uh, their setup. Uh, had a little bit of a younger team, real athletic team. Definitely something that he thought that they could take advantage of with the quarantine, the bubble atmosphere, um, and having that tournament style, um, you know, extended playoffs and the seating and everything that they've done. So uh, with the Jazz playing like that, man, it's been it's been surprising. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a little surprised with the Jazz. Again, even you did all the research, man. You came to the table with the stats and everything. And I was just like, look, it's it's the Jazz. Like, <laughs> it's the Jazz. Uh, so, but, yeah, man, they've, they've been a pleasant surprise, though. The biggest the biggest thing to me for them was they weren't really going to, with them being a young team, they weren't going to have to deal with the home field advantage for Utah. Uh, I mean, for Denver. Um, huge, huge. Yeah, and so that's huge when you're talking about young players not having to play in a crowd full of people that are rooting against them during the playoffs. Um, Absolutely. And especially when you're talking about the Denver Nuggets. That's a pretty solid fan base. Um, so you're going to get a loud game you're going to play against. Um, especially in the playoffs and, yeah. and in that type of atmosphere. I mean, yep. hell, I remember when uh, – when Carmelo was out there and Birdman and I, I <laughs> yes. mean, dude, I, I became a bandwagon fan just from watching playoff games in Denver and just seeing that atmosphere and, and, and all of that again, you know, with the Hawks, it, it, it was that way sometimes, but just seeing that like year in and year out of what, you know, the Nuggets fan base brought, I mean, that's a huge fan base 
like you said, having a young team come in and having to deal with that. Mm. Uh, this quarantine definitely in this bubble definitely kind of, you know, angles towards those types of teams. Um, and something else that I thought was crazy, LeBron James has not played in front of fans since he was in sixth grade. Um, they went back and did like a whole report, man. There was an article I was reading on. I mean, most of his games in high school, every single one of them, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, were all on ESPN. Um, I mean, they used to to travel around St. Vincent, St. Mary. They used to travel around and sell out convention centers just to watch LeBron James play at, in high school. That's insane. Um, so, I mean, this 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 guy has not played in front of no fans like they're doing right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Literally since since probably sixth grade. Um, so, you know, the, LeBron's gotten a lot of shit for what's been going on. Um, again, them taking a stumble that very first game against the Trailblazers, but they're back on track, man. So, you know, that experience definitely pays off. But, John, like you said with, you know, uh, the Jazz, those young teams not having to go into those hostile environments. Could you imagine the Jazz going into Houston? I mean, dude, oh. they would run them boys out of there, man. Man, yeah. a bunch of Mormons in Texas – Boy, you know that ain't going to work out well. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the bubble has definitely benefited some of these teams. Um, I think you can look towards the younger teams, definitely. Um, I'm honestly, I'm not 100% sure which teams, uh, minus the, the Jazz, that are, that are really young um, all around. Um, I know the Mavericks, I think, are pretty young. Um, but, you know, teams like the Lakers, you know, they got a lot of um, veteran talent. So this bubble thing doesn't really affect them as much. Um, for, you know, I don't think I don't think LeBron is playing any differently because he's playing not in front of people. Um, I think he's still, for one, playing pretty well. Um, but I think those younger kids, like I said earlier, are just able to play a little bit better because they don't deal with that hostile crowd that all that influence kind of putting either or, or even your own crowd, honestly, can put that pressure on you to really perform and try to, you know, someone like Donovan Mitchell try to really ball out because you feel like, you know, this is my team. I got to take command. Well, maybe not. I mean, you got a lot of players next to you that can, that can shoot and that can, that can drive the paint really well. So um, I think this kind of bubble atmosphere has really benefited those younger teams more than it has, you know, teams like the Lakers um, or even I, I think the Blazers. I think they're they're fairly veteran. Um, yeah. So I think the biggest problem that the Lakers are going to face um, is what do they have after LeBron and AD? And again, I pulled up the stats, so I'm I'm, I'm looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, AD's averaging just under 30 points a game at 29.8. LeBron is averaging averaging just over 27, 27.4. Mm-hmm. Um, rebounds, they're both averaging about a double double. Um, hell, actually, LeBron's averaging a triple double. He's averaging okay. a triple double. 10.2 rebounds, 10.2 assists. But after that, man, there's nothing. And it's it's almost kind of it's it's a cliff. Um, I mean, they got, you know, KCP, so Contavious Caldwell Pope, 
He's their next best, but he's averaging 11 points a game, one rebound, and one assist. And he is their number three. Like, he is number three. Yeah. Um, so I think I, and I guess what I, what, what I mean by this is their time may be up in a very quick, short amount of time. If anybody, anybody, and again, I know what I'm saying, but if anybody can even slow down LeBron James or Anthony Davis, that's the key to, to, to getting the Lakers out. Um, because again, when you take those two guys and you only slow one of them down, the, the, their bench is not going to make up for what's being lost. There's too much of that gap. Um, and, and again, what I, what I mean by that is going and looking at their stats compared to a, a younger team like the jazz, you don't necessarily have the huge points. Now, Donovan Mitchell is averaging over 37 points a game. So, like I said, a lot of these dudes are balling out. But then their next five, uh, like I said, Donovan Mitchell's at 37 points a game. Then you got 23, 23, 23, 19, 17, 10. They got seven players doing the same thing that the Lakers' entire bench can't do. So... There's my two cents, man. I don't know. I'm just trying to, like I said, I like what you said. The, the younger players, they're not having to deal with the atmosphere. They're literally just going out and playing. Um, and it's definitely playing towards their favor, I think, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think that's made this game or this these playoffs a little more exciting. And that's what I said. Well, I think that's what we all kind of knew. Anybody who was watching this, I think, knew. Um coming in that the NBA playoffs and the, this whole setup going into the NBA playoffs about how they were going to determine, you know, who's going where, um, that set up to be, you know, to get some really good basketball because, like I said, I think it was able to kind of level out the talent with, you know, veteran players versus, versus younger players because I think the experience in the playoffs comes from playing with crowds. Now, don't get me wrong, the pressure of, hey, I'm in a playoff game definitely is, is a factor in the fact that the veterans have had it before, you know, LeBron, AD, players like that, and some other players haven't. But when you take out that crowd, that's huge. So, um, it, and it has, it's just made for some really exciting basketball. Um, and, I mean, you've seen some kind of blowout games, but you've also, you've seen a lot more close games at least up until the very end some some of them have kind of stretched out at the end um but most of them have been great games all the way up until you know the last two or three minutes of the of the fourth quarter um so yeah i mean i'm just looking forward to getting into the semifinals honestly for sure i mean i I think it's only going to get better again once these teams start realizing hey man this this is a real season this is a real championship This, this this is real it's on the line it's here it's in our grasp um, you know, maybe some of these teams and organizations were just kept thinking, hey, it's, it's going to get postponed. We're going to get knocked out of here. There's no way it's going to happen. Whatever it is. Hey, boys, we're here, man. Yep. We're here. This happened. You've already been here two months. You've already been here two months, man. You might as well stay another couple more weeks and bring home a ship and a nice little bonus, you know? Yep. Well, um, and definitely. I think I think with them not dealing, they haven't really dealt with an issue of COVID. You know, MLB has dealt with a few issues 
Um, um, sweet game looks like it's about to tip off. Um, <laughs> so you know they they've dealt with a few issues, but oh my god, know. dude, it's ten seven. What's up, everyone? This is Brandon from the Sports Project. This new little thing we're doing now—it's called Patreon. I'm sure when you've listed other podcasts, you've heard about it. All it is is a small donation once a month to help support us and help keep us giving you the best sports-related content, the hottest interviews, and the most breaking news. There's three different tiers we offer right now: Little League for a single U.S. dollar, you get a shout out every episode. Junior athlete for three dollars a month, you get to pick one topic for the sports project to cover. I don't care if it's Kentucky Derby, U.S. Open, or even your favorite minor league team, wherever you're from. And then all American, five bucks a month. That's it. It allows you to come in and talk on the sports project, come join us in the recording, and be a part of the show every single month. So go out, join our Patreon, support us, and help us keep giving you the best content available. Oh, no way, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's 10-7, bottom of the third, man. Like, uh, what the hell? We literally gave up a 10-run lead. Well, nine, to be fair. It was a nine-run lead. But now it's a three-run lead. At least, inning, lead. At least it's a lead. At least it's a lead. Yeah, it took one inning to get the lead and one inning to give it up. <laughs> one inning to give it up, yeah. Great um, job, guys. So, I think... You know, with the MLB, there is still that chance that the MLB may stop the season um, because there has been a few COVID issues. But I don't think it'll happen because it's really slowing down. Um, They haven't had any um, fairly recently. They haven't had any, like, big major cases or any big big major issues. Well, they did did delay games today. Um, Man, I got the notification. I kind of just deleted it away because it's the same shit different toilet you know but there was another team today that had a couple of positive cases and they just canceled the entire series until further testing and evaluation could be completed so again uh like i said i'd have to go back and see exactly who it was but there's another team that's going to be you know another two or three games behind um and kind of like what we talked in the in the beginning of the show or when we got started on the mlb we're halfway through now. I mean, we are halfway through. We're, we're a little more than halfway through. Um, and here's the other thing. Didn't the league say that this format, the 60-game format, the playoffs, all of that, didn't they still say that they would be done by the end of October? I don't know. Or is it getting I... extended? I know there was a timeline for it of when it would be ending. So I'll, um, I'll, I'll look that's... it up right now. Um, so what I can tell you is that, or what I remember, is that when they were trying to, you know, the MLBPA and MLB were kind of going back and forth. MLB, I guess we could search season, maybe um, MLB season schedule canceled update opener start date no um, yeah man i got it right here so they uh they started july 23rd with their training camp mm-hmm. um they got 60 game schedule and they are to be finished playoffs everything by october 31st okay and it says that that's when they are supposed to be finished by or is that just when the schedule goes out to 
No, that is the agreement that was put in place okay. uh, that Rob Manford uh, <coughs> enacted. He enacted this season. So the, these are the circumstances in which he enacted it. Um, so, yeah, so again, the, the season the does only... have to end by October 31st. Um, so, again, so we're talking roughly 60 days from right now. So, yeah, the only the only thing I remembered was, you know, early on when the MLB and MLBPA were negotiating that that was the, the, the stipulation was that it should end by October 31st. I didn't know if it was set right. for by Robert Banford with the 60-game season simply because it was so late into the process of deciding this is the season we're going to play. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, we'll see – you know, like oh, I mean, Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds is the organization that okay. had more positive tests. Um, now and they had they says, had some before, didn't they? Yeah, it only says members of their team and staff. Um, so it does not give the number of positive tests. It does not give the number of anything. There's no statistical information. Um, all it says is that they do have positive tests and um, their series has been canceled and will be made up at a later date. Um, so the only thing I can say about that, or the only thing I would say, I understand that some games will get canceled. Now with the NBA, they have really had no issues. Like they have not had to cancel. I think they've had to cancel like one or two games, maybe something like that. Like very little, um, if any. Um, but the MLB... Again, they haven't dealt with too many recently. I understand they've had to cancel this series, but I, as long as you can keep it, you know, the onesies and twosies here and there through the next few yeah. weeks, I think you'll be okay. I think you can make those games up with double headers, so on and so forth. Um, it's really just kind of crunch time now, though, just yeah. because, again, with that kind of deadline of, of the end of October approaching, and again, I, I know you can probably in baseball run through the playoffs. Let's be realistic. You can probably run through playoffs in about three and a half weeks. So again, let's say you give a couple days off from the season to the beginning of the playoffs. Um, and then again, there was also the talk of the extended playoffs, which has not been determined yet. There is not an official stance on how many teams are even going to be in this playoff format. So I, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of variables we really got to find out. But um, baseball is definitely in that crunch time where they got to start playing games. They they got to have lockdowns. They can't have any more delays or anything like that. Um, I tell you what, man. One league who is not getting enough credit for what they're doing, the NHL. I mean, we we've been talking about the NBA. They've they've done the bubble right. They have they've really locked it down. Um, there, there's been there's actually been podcasts from NBA players who have now gotten together and, and they're putting out play uh, you know podcasts from from inside the bubble and things like that. And I tell you what, it may not be the ideal circumstances that they all wanted to be in, but the overwhelming um, support that I can hear for it is that they absolutely love being there. They're having a great time. Um, it's not necessarily a quarantine lockdown situation, but it is a safe area that they can actually, you know, be there and uh, and do their jobs. And and like I said, the NHL has done an amazing job. We haven't heard anything out of the NHL. We haven't heard anything out of the NHL. Think about this: in a global pandemic, with all of the shitstorm that the MLB's been through, the NHL, MLS. I mean, pick any 
organization that you want. The NHL put together and agreed upon a new CBA. They put together their bubble cities. They've started their season. They've had zero positive tests. Yep. Dude, the NHL's doing it right, man. I, I just hope and pray the NFL can make it work because I am still skeptical on how you get 60 players, and this is just NFL, 60 players with X amount of coaches, so you're probably talking around 100, 120 people with staff. How do you keep them all safe? How do you keep them all apart from everything? Um, it, it only takes one slip-up one time for the entire team to go down. And, and, and again, the same thing with college football, man. I, I know there was a couple games that kind of started last night, which is awesome to have these guys back. Um, you know, youth sports in, in my town is starting back up. My daughter's cheering. So, you know, they, they had games this weekend. So there are things that are, are getting back going. But, you know, I'm, I'm really nervous and just really kind of skeptical as to how long it's going to last before, you know, the, the, the shoe comes down, so to speak. So um, the NHL, just for anybody who's wondering, they are in, seems to be the second round of their playoffs. Um, I, I don't keep up with the NHL at all. I think actually, I think uh, Brandon actually knows a bit about the NHL, um, but he is not here. Um, but anyway, so they are in about the second round, I think. So they've got the number one Philadelphia Flyers versus the number six New York Islanders. Um, New York leads it two to one. Um, Islanders, they play Sunday, August 30th, will be game four, and then Tuesday uh, at seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Sunday, August 30th at 8 p.m. is game four. Tuesday, September 1st, 7 p.m. is game five. Um, then they've got uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, number two, versus number four, Boston Bruins. Um, Tampa Bay leads three to one, so they need to – this game will win them the series, um, obviously. So they've got game five, uh, Monday, August 31st. That's tomorrow, 7 p.m. Uh, and then they've got game six and seven, Wednesday, September 2nd, and Thursday, September 3rd. Um, then mm. in the Western Conference, they've got the number one, Golden Knights, Vegas, uh, versus number five, Vancouver Canucks. Um, they The uh, Golden Knights are leading two to one. Game four is Sunday, August 30th, 10.30 p.m. Game five, Tuesday, September 1st, 9.45 p.m. Uh, number two, Colorado Avalanche versus number three, Dallas Stars. Dallas is two to one. Um, game four, Sunday, August 30th, 6 p.m. Uh, oh, I guess they've, I guess some of these games have already played. I don't, I'm, they don't have the scores updated. Um, game five, Monday, August 31st, 9.45 p.m. So, um, yeah, like you said, man, they've made it. Their second round of the playoffs, they're about to they're about to go into the semifinals and then to, to the Stanley Cup, and they've had I haven't heard anything from them. I haven't heard them dealing with getting rid of games or having to play games later or anything like that. Now because have, they haven't, yeah, they I haven't. Mean, That's the thing. I don't I don't have you know NHL you know updates constantly you know coming to my phone or anything, but. Um, you know, I have been getting all the canceled game updates, especially when it has to do with COVID. I think I get almost every update for that shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have to look at what the NHL and the NBA are doing. 
Um, PGA, UFC, I think they have it a little easier because you're not you're not a team sport. You don't have nearly as many moving parts, I guess, that are moving close together like you do with the NHL and the NBA. Um, but I think everybody has to take a look at what they're doing and how they're doing it and, and kind of follow in those footsteps. Um, both of them, if you'll notice, have done bubble events. All of their stuff has been bubbled. So... I think that's the way to go, and the MLB is kind of making it dodgily work through you know travel and stuff, so we'll see how that continues to go for them, but when it comes to football, man, I think MLB catches a break there because they have so many, you know, I mean, you're talking like 30 dudes max, I think, travel, um, so, you know, when you're talking NCAA, NFL, you're talking 60, 80 dudes traveling you know, to every location, plus the 60, 80 dudes that are waiting on you when you get there, so, um, and that's not including staff, you know, um, so, it, I, it's gonna be interesting to see how the NFL and NCAA are gonna be able to, um, to continue their seasons based on, for one, we'll see how the MLB does and the NBA and, and NHL. Um, but if NHL and NBA do well, I think bubble system is the only way that's going to work for right now. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so, actually, that kind of moves us on to the next one, the next thing we wanted to talk about, which was... Um, the NCAA has, uh, what was it? I think it was like a week and a half ago, at least for Georgia, um, they released Georgia's schedule. Um, so we're going to kind of go through it. Um, and, of course, if you don't know already, um, everything's conference only. So Georgia's only playing SEC teams. So that can only you can only imagine the kind of gauntlet that – any SEC team is pretty much faced with. Um, so we'll kind of go through here. We're going to talk about some games, just some kind of some of the games that we are looking forward to, and then we're actually going to dive into um, some other NCAA football schedules um, across the country. Um, so starting off, Georgia's got Arkansas, which, and again, something that's going to be interesting, is it going to be in Arkansas? Is it going to be in Georgia? Is it going to be in a bubble location? Um, currently, it's I think it's set to be in Arkansas. Um, yep. And so right they, now, I mean, at least with the SEC, they've, um, you know, Greg Sankey's come out and said they're going to stay at the local stadiums. Um, as far as population, it's going to be based on, on, you know, the local ordinances that are in place at the time. Um, I do know a couple uh, season ticket holders for Georgia. So – it's basically 20, 25% capacity. Um, so there's going to be around, I think it's like 12,000, 12 to 15,000 fans um, in the stadium. Um, but the bad part is, is season ticket holders, they only get to pick one game. So what? they have so many, yeah, they have so many season ticket holders, man. Uh, I, I mean, going back to it, what? There's only one, two, three, four. There's only five home games. So it's a 10-game season. There's only five home games. Um, and, and I get it. Normally there's six. So what's the big deal? 
Um, but the problem is, is the capacity. So basically the entire capacity for this entire season is going to be what it is for one game. So you guys can kind of imagine, you know, the, the cost to run these stadiums, the cost to, you know, have these teams logistically move, logistically stay somewhere safe. Again, with all these extra protocols that they're putting in with COVID and things like that that have to be done to keep keep these players safe, you can just start to see the incredible amount of money that is going to be lost this year. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, man, because – when you look at, I mean, when you look at, at big games, like, um, so just looking at Georgia's schedule, uh, of, uh, of course, this is, this is um, an SC, all-SEC schedule, but some of these games happen n- no matter what. Auburn, that's a huge game. Every year, that game, it, it, you're missing out on so much money. Um Alabama. Now we don't play Alabama every year. I'm not 100 percent sure if we were even scheduled to play Alabama this year. Um, we, we were. were. So okay. We so were. that was going to be a huge game. So that that you're going to miss money on that. Uh, Georgia, well, Florida. Here's the thing. Of there's course. no. I I know at least Georgia uh, UGA has already released. There's no even tailgating. So I know uh, a lot of fans that I know had had just said, "Hey, we're going to turn this year into a tailgating year. We'll we'll be in Athens every Saturday." Uh, we'll set up the TVs, we'll set up the satellites, we'll have the grill going, man. It'll, it'll just be a party in the parking lot. And UGA has come out and said, no, sir, you're not going to nope. do that. That's already been on our mind. So I, I know for at least Georgia, it's it's no tailgating. I Like, like I said, I they are leaving it up. The SEC and Greg Sankey, they are pretty much leaving it up to the local ordinances. So it's whatever it it, it it comes out to be. I don't know what everybody's going to do, but at least at Georgia, man, the atmosphere, the whole Saturday in Athens thing is is going to be a different story this year. And um, we've talked about all of these sports, all these organizations getting back going without fans. Um I think we have all been pleasantly surprised how well it has worked. Um, I guess it was maybe a little weird at first, and then we all kind of got used to it, and now we just kind of pick out the the fails in between the uh, the fake cheering and whatnot. I think football is going to be one of the sports that is seriously impacted by the fan atmosphere that will not be provided. Um I tell you what, man, nothing, there is nothing like the feeling of running out into Sanford Stadium with 120,000 people that are right there with you and just want to rip the other team's head off. I'm telling you what, I mean, even to this day, I go to a Georgia game, man, and I mean, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, dude. There's nothing like it. So I can only imagine what it's like for the players that are down there um, and again, you, you, you have these kids who make these amazing plays, a big hit, a big run, a nice catch, whatever it is, and the whole stadium just erupts. And you're not going to have that this year. I mean, you know, you're going to have your, your normal strength coaches on the sidelines going crazy on meth all game. But, you know, you're not going to have your fans that are just diehards in there. Um, I think they even said they're limiting the student section to like 2,000 people. And man, two thousand fans, dude. I think I think the student section is normally like ten or fifteen. 10, I was gonna say ten or fifteen. Um, 
Yeah, it's gonna suck for sure. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna be real honest for a second. I actually have never been to a Georgia game. Um, I just my dad was never a, a big Georgia fan, so he never took me. Um, and then even when I was in the army, I just it never took the time. Even <coughs> though I I really should have, because I was only like from where I was at, I was only like probably. Four and a half, maybe five hours from from Athens, um, maybe not even yeah. that. So I could have gone. I just never did, and I definitely haven't been since uh, uh, since I gotten out. I've just been busy with with trying to figure out the civilian life shit. Um, <laughs> but I actually have not been. But I do know. I, I played football for a while. And I never got a chance to play in college, but I do know what it felt like to run out in a high school stadium that you know where even in georgia you know even high school football is taken pretty seriously depending on how you know small your town is and how good your team is oh you um, can get anywhere from you know ten to yeah. thousand depending yeah. on where you are i mean dude i've been to places whole town shut down man yes friday night at three friday mm-hmm. friday at three o'clock in the afternoon every town or every business in the entire town. I mean, hell, the damn McDonald's closed, dude. Because <laughs> yep. you know what? The boys were playing on Friday yep. night, damn it. Yep, every time, man. Yeah, it and I can I can imagine what it must be like. I can't imagine, honestly, what it would be like to run out and, you know, have ninety plus thousand people, you know, rooting for you and, and you know, wanting you to beat the absolute shit out of the other team. So taking that out of the game is definitely going to be huge for for football. Um, I mean, that's just how football is played. Football is just a hyped sport. I mean, mean, all these sports, you get hyped for, NBA especially, you know, you see a lot of dudes get hyped for for basketball. But I don't think there's as much crowd influence as far as, like, pumping you up as there is in football – for whatever reason, I maybe it's just because I never played basketball, and maybe I'm speaking ignorantly. I don't know, but to me, it just seems like maybe because there's more fans you typically in a football stadium than there are in um, in a basketball stadium. But some basketball stadiums are huge. Um, but I yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a huge and kind of rude awakening, I think, for a lot of these teams. And again. You got to wonder, is it going to benefit these younger teams that got the freshmen and got the sophomores out there playing quarterback or running back wide receiver? I mean, who knows who's going to come on on top, you know? Who knows what Well, it's definitely gonna going – I think it's going to definitely benefit offensive teams um, just yeah. because you're not necessarily, again, going into those – those combative atmospheres, you're not going to have to deal with that noise factor. And again, even, even 15, 20,000 fans, I, I mean, no offense, uh, by this time at this day and age with college, that's nothing. Um, and if you can't space out, you know, 20,000 fans, man, you ain't going to make it no ways, at least not in the SEC. So uh, I, I, I think we're going to have some good football. I really do. Um, I mean, like you said, Georgia's schedule came out, so – you know, you already said it. They start off with Arkansas. Man, Arkansas, I'm telling you guys, mark it down right now. 
Sam Pittman is the truth. Um, Arkansas stole Sam Pittman back. I mean, I get it. Kirby Smart stole him from Arkansas a couple years ago. Arkansas stole him right back. But, I mean, he he is the guy that has the mindset to turn that program around. So, um, I am interested to see what Arkansas puts together this year and kind of what they have uh, moving forward. But, man, we get to October and John, at least for uh, Georgia fans, man, this is this this is the gauntlet, man. I, I mean, it's it's the yeah. gauntlet. It's it, so October and the first week of November, you got Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, Florida, and um, you play and Alabama that's five straight weeks. That's you play five Al- straight weeks. You play Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you play. So you got Auburn and Tennessee at home, which again. That's that's good. You got two home games, um, and then you're on the road back to back with uh, Alabama and then Kentucky. Um, now I do know at least a week or two ago, Greg McGarity, the Georgia AD, said that as of right now, the Georgia Florida game will still be played in Jacksonville. There was talks about it being moved to one Atlanta or even one of the campuses of Georgia or Florida. The problem with moving it to a campus, again, that would be the easiest, the safest, probably the smartest decision this year. As soon as you allow one team to have it on campus, next season it's got to go back to the other team. You you can't have that going back and forth, no matter if it's played in Athens this year or or Gainesville. Um, They're going to have to do that. I know that they have an agreement with the city of Jacksonville. I want to say until like 2025 or something like that. They, they signed another five or six year deal with them. So that Georgia Florida game has got to be played in Jacksonville, which I think is a, I think that's going to be kind of a logistical nightmare to be completely honest. Um, if the football season at that point goes off, let's say hitch free. Um, when these teams start traveling out of state, um, I, I think we're going to have a hard, hard time. I mean, the state of Alabama has been hit really, really hard with this COVID, and especially since teams are even getting back on campus right now. I know Alabama and Clemson are the ones that keep coming out with huge numbers of positive tests. I mean, huge numbers. Um, so it, it, I think it's only a matter of time until some of these other schools start coming out with, with those similar kind of results, um, to be honest. Yeah, um, like, you know, with again, it's going to be interesting when you look at who's been successful as far as organization wise, who's been successful in running their season, and why have they been successful? Well, the two that have been successful have run bubbles, so it's going to be tough to convince all because something else they're dealing with is, is college players not wanting to play. So if you don't instill some kind of confidence in these players that you're going to protect them from COVID and from, um, you know, getting into contact with people who have it or, or teams that don't care, um, you're going to have to implement some sort of, 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 rules or regulations like the NBA and like the MLB did, um, I'm sorry, like the NHL did, to limit that player interaction, to limit um, the passing of the disease. Now, the thing, uh, 
the thing that is going to be so hard to avoid is that player-to-player contact. Blockers have to block. Players have to tackle each other. So, and I get, you know, NBA, you kind of got to box people out and, and body people up, but there's also not 15 people a, a play doing it. You know, there's, there's two players possibly bumping bodies, well, three or four players and probably it goes, bumping bodies. It goes to the same thing that, like, the MLBs had to deal with. Okay, again, I keep hating on the Marlins just because they were the ones who got, you know, kind of popped first and kind of started everything in motion. I think we all knew there was going to be this situation. There were going to be positive tests, and and that's the thing. Before the NCAA even gets into this season, you have to understand there are going to be positive tests. But you also have to have those protocols set in place that you can keep playing – even with the positive test, you have to take those those you know those procedures um, and have that ready to go. What's going on, guys? John here from the Sports Project. Just want to take a little break here, let you guys know what our social medias are. So our Facebook is now the Sports Project, and then we have Instagram. Go search the Project and give us a follow. And, of course, you can catch us at Twitter, sports underscore project. Make sure you guys go give us a follow, comment, get involved. We love to hear from the fans. We'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. All right, guys. Sorry for that uh, commercial break, but we're back. And um, so we were talking about um, Georgia's schedule and kind of COVID, different stuff like that. Um, so we're going to move on to Ohio State's schedule. Um, thought that would be kind of interesting with the Big Ten being the way it is. Um, so, of course, again, they're doing the, the same thing that all the conferences are doing, the um, conference-only schedule. So kind of understand who they're going to play. Um, but I think the big games that you're going to look for um, Ohio State and Michigan State. And I know Michigan State hasn't really been that great over the last couple of years, but I think Michigan State is just one of those teams, you know. Um, they also have, they're going to have to play Michigan. They'll have to play Penn State. They'll have to play Iowa. They'll have to play Nebraska. Um, and actually what's funny is that actually they're all following those right on each other. So they got Nebraska, then they'll go Michigan State, Michigan, Maryland, Penn State, Iowa. That's how they finish out their season. So – uh, they kind of get off easy at first. Um, Illinois, Rutgers, Purdue, Indiana, and then they, Nebraska, and, and from there. But um, it's going to be interesting, you know, with this whole SEC, Big Ten, ACC kind of slugfest that we've had over the past few years now. You know, of course, Alabama always ends up with the national title, um, seems like. Um, but it is going to be interesting to watch the Big Ten sit here and beat each other up and then just to see who who's going to come out until who really is the best best team in the Big Ten. Um, well, I'm wondering how all this is going to work out. I mean, like we just kind of talked about the SEC schedule, Georgia schedule in particular. Um, I mean, their, their schedule ends um, what is it? Last... Okay, so they go into the first week of December. So... I mean, you know, the Big Ten, they came out the other day and said that they're actually talking about um, having a season that picks up, and they they called it a spring season, but it picks up directly after Thanksgiving. Um, What do you think about that? 
Well, it's going to be pretty fucking tough to do if the SEC plays football in the fall. <laughs> I mean, what, what? Yeah, I just, I think the Big Ten is just so, I, unfortunately, I think that they hate the decision that they made. I think they um, thought they were going to be more woke than the Pac-12, so they went ahead and, and you know, announced it. Um and now I think they're kind of regretting their decision and they're figuring out how to salvage it whatsoever. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I know a bunch of, of, of people in, in Ohio and even Michigan. Um, these people are miserable, man. They love their football. And uh, the Big Ten just took everything away from them. So <laughs> they are not happy right now. And, and I really do think that they are trying to figure out how to how to salvage this in any way possible yeah i i don't understand why why we're allowing conferences to kind of make decisions on their own like this i mean i, I agree with certain things being able to make decisions on your own but this is kind of a, a world or a country this is a worldwide thing but it is it's a countrywide thing and you kind of have to loop it all together. You can't have, you know, one conference, I want to play this, and I want to play then, uh, and the other conference is going, I want to play this, and I want to play th- at this time. Well, we all got to play at the same time because at the end of the day, we have to determine who's the best team in the country. That's the main point of all this. Unless we're just going to play ten random games and not determine who's the best team in the country or at least determine who's the best right. team in that conference, I guess. Um, well, I guess that's all we'll get out of it is who's the best teams in every conference. Um, Jeez. So I, I don't understand, you know, why why the Big Ten and, and all these other conferences, I mean, SEC included, why they can't all get together and just go, hey, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to run it. Um, but this all, this all conference thing, it, it bugs me because, you know, I get it, you're trying to limit, you know, how many, peop- how many people come in contact with how many people, you know, so on and so forth. But... And I understand there's a lot more teams, but the MLB's traveling team to team, no matter where they're coming from. Um, the NBA's not really traveling, but they are playing team to team. You know, it doesn't matter who they are. Um, they, I mean, they have their seedings. That's about it. Um, right. I just don't understand how you're going to be able to determine because what if you have like, I, I mean, a, the ACC, Clemson Tigers, they they got to play basically nobody to to win their conference. So. What do you do when when Clemson comes out of the ACC with one loss to, um, let's see, let's see who they play. So Wake Forest, Citadel, Virginia. Citadel, Virginia oh, dude, that's what I'm saying. Miami. Yeah, I just pulled it up, man. Georgia Tech, Bullshit. Syracuse, Bullshit. Boston College, Notre Dame. Bullshit. Florida Bullshit. State, Pittsburgh. Well, actually, Virginia that Tech. Notre Dame game will be pretty good. So that Okay, so, all right. So Notre Dame, right? Apparently, they're playing all ACC. So what if, what if Notre Dame comes in undefeated, beats Clemson, or or no, let's say Clemson comes in undefeated. Notre Dame's got one loss, but then Notre Dame beats Clemson, puts Clemson on one loss. Okay, now you've got Clemson and Notre Dame coming out of the ACC, which Notre Dame coming out of the ACC is retarded. Why is that allowed? But we'll not, we won't even t- we won't even talk about that. So Notre Dame Clemson comes out of the ACC with one loss. And and Georgia and Alabama are sitting here coming out of the gauntlet of the SEC with two losses each. 
how are you going to say that those two t- two teams deserve to be in the playoffs over those two teams? Now, I'm not saying that those four teams couldn't be the four teams that go, but what about if you got a one-loss Ohio State or an undefeated Ohio State, God forbid? So, I mean, you know, it's how are you going to run this uh, this all-conference schedule and be able to determine who's who who should be in the playoffs if you're going to run a playoffs? And, again, what kind of playoff system are you going to run? Because you have a little bit more time now. I mean, assuming that you start the season relatively close to when you normally <coughs> start it, you're missing two whole games. There's two games that you don't even have to worry about playing now. Plus, why even play a conference championship? You don't need that. You're going to get yeah, your conference I champion. Mean, I just pulled up Notre Dame's schedule just for shits and giggles. Um I mean, we just went through Georgia's schedule. Uh, I mean, look at this cupcake fest. I mean, I feel like I'm going to the damn bakery, boys. The Duke, South Florida, Wake Forest, Florida State, which, again, I know their history, but lately they're garbage, man. Uh, Louisville, haven't been anything since Lamar Jackson left. Pittsburgh is always a tough game. They were barely anything when he was there, honestly. Well, I still think they were a three or four loss team every year that he was there. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah they they won their bowl games and things like that. And and don't get me wrong, man, their their offense was very prolific. And and again, he's a great player, and he 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 showed why he's successful in what he's doing now. But yeah. again, the overall team is trash. Um, Pittsburgh is always, I think, just a tough game for 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 many people. Um, Georgia Tech, we're going to completely skip over that because nobody gives a shit. Um, Clemson, I think this is the only game that's probably worth anything on their entire schedule. Yep. There's Notre Dame, Clemson, everything after that. It's uh, Boston College, UNC, and Syracuse. UNC, again, nice little scrappy team from last year. Um, I really like uh, – oh, shit, who's the coach over there? I forgot his name from Texas. Um Damn. Who's the the, uh, North Carolina head coach? Forget his uh, name. UNC? Yeah. Oh, Mac Brown. I knew it was from Texas. I couldn't remember. So, Mac Brown, man, him in there with his little white boy dance moves, little scrappy team. I like him, man. Um, So, we'll we'll see how it all comes together. This whole conference-only schedule – I, I don't think it does anything for anybody except the SEC. Everybody's going to really see how deep the SEC is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, again, being in the SEC, you know, the South Carolinas, the Vanderbilts, the Kentuckys, um, these teams get shit on constantly in the SEC. The problem is, though, every time they go outside of the SEC, they're doing the shitting on um, I think Kentucky's won the last four or five Louisville games, you know, to date. So, man, it, it's going to be interesting, but definitely I think, unfortunately, the SEC got screwed in all this, and now they're just going to have to uh, beat the shit out of each other. Yep. Well, and when you're talking about the SEC, you know, you you think about teams like LSU, Alabama, you know, those teams typically, yeah, they finish. Or even Georgia usually finishes with two losses at the most, maybe three, and that's usually uh, on a year where they play Alabama um, and Georgia, I mean, and Florida and Auburn and all them. Um, 
So, you know, when those teams finish like that, you think, oh, well, you know, they run the SEC because because those teams aren't, you know, the teams they're playing aren't that good. You're fixing to find out what they are because what typically happens is Alabama goes and plays LSU and LSU plays Alabama. They've both played, you know, crap teams for the past two weeks or even maybe had a bye week. It ain't going to be like that. You're going to come off playing Georgia, then you're going to go play LSU, and then you're going to go play Auburn. Or, or you're going to come off and you're going to go play Auburn, and then you got to go play Alabama, and then you're going to go play Tennessee, and then you're going to go play uh, Florida. So, I mean, you're talking about seriously lining up some seriously massive, what typically in a normal season would be some massive games, or at least some really good games. And you're talking about lining them up right on top of each other. Um, and that's just not the case in any of these other conferences, Big Ten, uh, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, even the Big 12. Um, Oklahoma, their schedule is kind of, you know, you could you it, you could possibly fight for them to have like a tough schedule. Um, but again, they're, they're starting off with Missouri State, Kansas State, and then Iowa State. So Iowa State's about the only team there. Kansas State used to be, you know, a top team. But Kansas State's the only team there that I would say is decent. Iowa State maybe. Then I now love you get how into they kept. What's I up? love how they kept their Missouri State game. That is awesome. They kept their cupcake. Oh, game. of course, yeah. Oh, good for so, you guys. Good for you. They get a little bit tougher um, coming into Week Four. They get Texas, then they get TCU, then they get Texas Tech, uh, Kansas, little cupcake, and then Oklahoma State, which. Oklahoma State's always tough for them, and then they get West Virginia, and then they get Baylor. Um, but the, the thing is, and the thing for me on the Big 12 is, you know, Baylor is typically a relatively good team. Um, Oklahoma State's typically a relatively good team. West Virginia has lately been been bringing it back. Um, Texas Tech has been bringing it back. Texas, of course, last year was, was pretty good. Um, TCU kind of to me has fallen off from what they used to be, but they're still a decent. Yeah, team. I mean they were five and seven last year. I mean they. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, again, outside of your typical Oklahoma, even Texas was middle of the pack last year. Yeah. Um, you know that Texas Oklahoma, those are normally your consistent, and then you're always going to have those. Uh, you know those little free runners that come through your your Iowa States who come in yeah. and cause some damage every now and again, Kansas state who pulls out a good victory every, you know, once in a decade, you know, o- Oklahoma state, you know, when you got Des Bryant and, and, and people like that, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier to uh, be of substance instead of just being a loser every year. Yeah. Well, and again, it's hard for me to, to, to back up Oklahoma's schedule with the fact that, you know, yeah, they're playing Texas and TCU and Texas Tech and West Virginia and so on. Yeah, those teams are good, but look at their schedules prior to this year, not even just last year and year before that. Look at okay. all of their years before so, that. They constantly play all Big 12 teams, and then when they go outside their conference, they're playing garbage. So Okay, so let's do this. So, again, Oklahoma this year, their hardest run that they have – Fuck, man. I don't even know if... Dude, they don't even have two hard games back-to-back. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the only one... The they, only they don't two, even have I two hard say. games back-to-back, and we talked about we talked about five weeks of just pure hell for the Bulldogs. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten into Alabama-LSU. I mean, because you got to think Alabama-LSU, 
They're both going to play each other because we didn't even have LSU on our schedule. They're both going to play each yeah. other. And then they're both going to play probably uh, – Alabama's at least going to play Auburn. They're going to play yeah, Georgia. Yeah, so Alabama starts out with uh, – sorry, they start out with Missouri, Texas A&M, which – Watch out, boys. Jimbo's doing some shit. Yes. Uh, then they got Old Miss, Georgia, Tennessee. And Old Miss is a State. struggle game for them, too. Sometimes they LSU, struggle Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas. So, again, man, not not a cupcake walk. Nothing nothing by any means. Um, I mean, I will say they don't have – LSU. They don't have any – They don't have any crazy back-to-back games. You know what I mean? It seems like they're okay. getting their games broken up. So here's LSU, man. Um, so LSU starts out Mississippi State. They got Vanderbilt and then Missouri. Then they have a gauntlet. Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama. So for a pretty tough month. Yeah. Then they get Arkansas, which, again, we think is going to be a sleeper team this year, going to surprise a lot of teams. Texas A&M, again, you're, you're catching them at the end of the season. Yep. If Texas A&M is still competitive, man, Texas A&M is going to be a problem for a bunch of people, and then they close out with Old Miss. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit confused as to why Old Miss and Mississippi State are not playing last like they do every single year. Oh, Old Miss. Uh, the only thing I think of is it maybe. Messed with some kind of other scheduling error and like, cause I mean, how dude, did it mess with another schedule? They always have that one scheduled. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is a little different. Now you're having the only scheduled conference. So like the only thing I could think of is they scheduled your better teams first. So they scheduled Alabama, Georgia, LSU, those type of teams. And then based on those schedules, they said, Oh, we can't play Ole Miss Mississippi state last because sorry. Guys, dude, check out this. Check out this black. Mississippi State schedule. So Mississippi State oh, starts boy. off with LSU. Oh God! Start off with LSU, LSU, Arkansas, Kentucky. Make of it what you will. Make of it what you will. They could come out of there after that. After that, man, Texas A and M, Alabama. You get Vanderbilt, but then Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi, Missouri. <laughs> I mean, I mean, dude, we could sit here for hours and go through these schedules. Oh, I, I yeah, mean, I it is going to be a gauntlet. It is yeah. going to be some good football. I just hope that we can keep these guys safe, keep them quarantined that, so that we can get these games. Because uh, that's going to be the other thing. I mean, you know, going into week four, Georgia, Al- uh, I'm sorry, Georgia, Alabama, what what if a what if a team gets stricken with the COVID bug, dude? I mean, could you imagine a big primetime game in, in either of the teams? Hey, the entire starting defense is out due to COVID exposure. Hey, the entire offense is out due to COVID exposure. Oh, yeah. Hey, Kirby Smart also got COVID as well, so he's not on the sideline either. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Dude? Yeah. Any of this could be possible, and it's going to completely change everything for the entire season. Um, I, I really think we're in for a good year all around. Like I said, we just got to keep these guys healthy so that we can have our season and, uh, we can continue to get on here every week and, uh, have some fun with it. Yeah. And talk about some shit. Golly. It's so tough. It's been tough lately, Been having to kind of just find stuff to talk about, um, but talking a lot 
about the PGA, um, which we're going to continue to talk about because the PGA has been really exciting. Um, put forth some it's been awesome. Yeah, it put forth some really good tournaments. Um, I actually did not get to watch this tournament. I was kind of keeping up with it a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, Kevin, our resident um, golf uh, aficionado, um, could definitely take it away and tell you more about the tournament. Yeah, so uh, like John said, it's the uh, BW Championship. They were in Olympia Fields, Illinois, this week. Um so this was the, I believe it was the top 50 players in the world. I want to say it was the top 50 players. Um, and in order to proceed on to next week, which is down here in Atlanta for next week for the PGA Championship Tournament, um, you it's only the top 30 players in the world that were going to get an invitation. So again, a lot of these top players coming in, playing really good golf, John Rahm, man, ice in the veins, comes back, started out the day today. I want to say he was four or five strokes behind the leader, Dustin Johnson. DJ came out really hot at first, um, struggled a little bit through the middle of his round and gave up a couple shots, left the door open for John Rahm to come in there. Went to sudden death, and of course, John Rahm, being the man that he is, six sinks a 68-foot putt to win the tournament in sudden death. Um, I mean, I watched almost all of this entire tournament, man. I tell you what, as soon as he made that putt, and it was one of those putts you could just kind of see it from, from the TV screen. I mean, he swung... And you see the ball just kind of going and going, and I inch up to the front of my seat, and it gets closer, and I'm inching up, inching up, inching up. And all of a sudden, dude, it drops, man, and my whole house erupted, man. It was amazing to see. Like I said, we've had really, really great golf. This course tore these professionals apart this year, though, man, or this week. Um, For the entire tournament, there's only five players that did better than par. Uh, minus four won the tournament last week alone. DJ was at minus 30. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's probably hoping or wishing he would have saved a couple of those from last week for this week. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, but it, it's absolutely insane. Um, but, but that's what it tells you. I mean, Tiger Woods, I think for the third time in his entire career had all four rounds over par. Um, and this man has played Whoa. thousands and thousands of tournaments. And yeah. it was the third time in his career, all four rounds were over par. Um, so it just goes to show you guys kind of what this course was. It, it, it really made these guys struggle. But again, coming down like that, I was watching it the whole time. Like I said, today, I felt so confident with Dustin Johnson. I was I was really happy for him. Uh, he won last week. He's been struggling. He, he won last week, reclaimed his number one spot. He was back in the lead. This week, he was on fire again. I mean, it just seemed like he completely kind of rechanged his, his, his headset um, and the way he was thinking and kind of playing the course out a little bit and really did a great job. But John Rahm, man, number one golfer in the world, retains his title. He's going to go in next week uh, with the number one ranking. So... It'll uh, it'll be a good one next week, man. We got the uh, PGA Championship coming up next weekend. 
Yep, and uh, he earned himself 1.7 on that uh, on that win there. That's a nice little purse to be winning. I know we talk about the purse yeah. every time. Nice but, little pocket change to go yeah, home with. I was going to say, that is probably pocket change for that man. Number one golfer in the world. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, so from what I can see, now I, I correct me if I'm wrong, um, they went into a sudden death because it seems like John Rahman and, and Dustin Johnson uh, tied it up negative, uh, four under. Yeah, so they, uh, they, they were tied up at the end of their rounds today which is why they went to sudden death. And then uh, in sudden death, it was a, I think they were on the 18th is what they started their, their sudden death on. Um, it was a par four. Um, like I said, John Rom got to the green in two. He was 68 oh, that's, feet away, I believe. That's when Yeah, it was sunk. in sudden death. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I missed that part. Yeah, I didn't know that no, was he in, sunk sudden it death. in sudden death. Oh, and, uh, wow. The, the, the funny part was, was after he made that 68-foot putt, Dustin Johnson still had an opportunity to sink his putt for the yeah. win and ended up putting it about three or four inches away from the hole, which, again, they would have just went to another sudden no, death hole and oh, kept going wow. until somebody, somebody won. So it was a really great tournament, really great sudden death. I mean, just a lot of good action all the way to the end. Um, so, like I said, next week is going to get a little bit better. These guys know that it's on the line. I mean, next next week is it. You uh, The season's over uh, as far as next week, as far as the FedEx points. Um, now they do start up pretty quickly again. Um, I want to say there's only a week break in there, and then the, the 2021 season will start back up. But again, for 2020, man, this is, this is all she wrote. So uh, you're going to see a lot of players kind of go for it. They're going to take a lot of risk, and I think next week we're either going to see a bunch of players shoot really, really high because they are taking those risks and just not making the shots, or you're going to see these players going for it because they have nothing to lose, and they're going to show you what they can do, and they're going to put some numbers up that are going to be outstanding. So I don't want to put you on the spot here, but, I mean, who do you think has a shot to win the PGA Tour? Man, John Rahm is, is, has been one of those guys that kind of pulled me in. Um, he, he's one of those younger guys who kind of uh, maybe not, you know, again, Tiger Woods was always one of those, you know, drawing figures in. Um, but I, I think Justin or uh, John Rahm has a great chance to win. Justin Thomas, who's been playing phenomenal. He, uh, he did not play too well this tournament, but I do think he's going to get everything straight and come back out next week ready to rock. Um, I think there's a couple other guys that could make a run for it. Matthew Wolf has done very, very well. Um, and I even kind of like Harold Varner, the third man, uh, HV three, not a lot of people are, are giving him some love, but he'll be out there. Uh, don't forget your boys like Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, you know, old muscle man made it in too. So it's, it's definitely a who's who, like I said, this is the top 30 golfers in the world. You're not going to get better than this. Um, they're going to be down in Atlanta next week. Uh, I've looked at the weather so far so good. It's supposed to be really well. Um, just a heads up for everybody who is listening to it and you, John. So normally they do the tournaments Thursday through Sunday. This week it's going to be Friday through Monday. So when we're on here recording next week uh, on Sunday, it'll be going through the third round. Uh, and then everybody can have that Monday hangover and, and see who wins the PGA Championship Monday. But it'll be uh, it'll be awesome, man. Like I said, 
you're going to see these guys go for it. They got nothing else to lose. It's it's win or go home, and they're going to take it and, and rock with it. So it, it's going to be really great golf. I can't wait for it, and uh, we'll definitely touch on it when, uh, next week. Yeah. Um, you know, again, PGA has just been slink, uh, just just knocking it out the park. Um, you know, with the with these tournaments, and again with the under the sudden death, you know, um, just making it come down to the wire. I mean, I know that you know PGA doesn't really determine that, but you know these players are determining it, and they're they're like you said, they're they're giving it everything they've got. They're leaving it all there out there on the course, and they're putting their best shots out there. Um, and it's showing. I mean, you see, I mean, what, this is probably like the fifth, I think, match that I've seen that has come down to sudden death, it seems like. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just fun to watch. And, and I, I didn't get to see this one, but I've got to see the last few or the last couple at least. And, um, you know, it, again, it's just been fun to watch. Um, so I've actually got I, – um, I did end up getting the uh, – the Denver uh, Utah game on. Uh, Denver's up forty two forty one with eight thirty left to go in the second. So you know this is kind of turning out exactly how we expected. Um, fairly good game seems like. Um, so, well, I'm gonna keep watching this for show. Um, matter of fact, hey, and you got an update Braves. on the Braves game? Yeah. Yeah, the Braves are ten uh, eight right now, top of the fifth. Oh, we're maintaining that two-run lead. Okay. It's funny. Uh, in the second inning, the Braves had a 98.6% chance to win. Two innings later, it is now at 64% chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So just like we talked about, man, we, we, we got to get that lead, but we got to keep it, man. Yeah. I, oh, God. We got to figure something out, man. Pitching is... <laughs> Has been an issue. Yeah, you ain't lying. Yeah, well, and that's what's funny, man. I, cause I, you know, I talked about again with the whole. <laughs> we've been recording, but we haven't put out any any content lately. But we have been recording. So I said, you know, a couple weeks ago when when the season first got started, we were I think two weeks into the season. Um, the Braves were actually looking pretty solid in pitching. Hitting was actually the struggle. Um, we Freddie wasn't consistent. Um, we were missing a lot of players. Um, excuse me, uh, due to injuries. Um, but the pitching was actually really. I mean, they were good, um, and it was even better considering the fact that both of our catchers were basically not even on the team. Um, I think prior to the season beginning, so. Um, you know, again, the pitching was looking good, and now all of a sudden it seems like now we've got the bats hot, you know, and it's it was 10-1 to 1 in the first inning, um, and now it's 10-8. Right. to 8, So now the pitching is falling apart, and I get it. It's the <laughs> Phillies. You know, they've got a good team, um, you know, and they've got Bryce and, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of his name now. Um, but, you know, they've got a good team, and I get it. Um, but it just – it seems like pitching has now been – now is the issue. I mean, it's been that issue for the past couple games, it seems like. So – I don't, I don't know how they're going to fix it. I they they put out something they signed some guy uh today I think. They put out something they signed some guy, some nobody. Someone from the Orioles or whatever it was. Um I forget exactly. I uh, saw his name exactly and I what it was. I they saw got his name Tommy Malone from the 
Uh, he's or, got like Orioles. He's one in four with like almost a four ERA. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And we gave up two players to be named later, which I never really understood how those trades work. I mean, what are they going to be like? Oh no, I want, I want, I want Acuna. For the, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I get it. We're not going to give up that. And then it's yeah. like, so how do you ever come up to an agreement on this? Like, that's the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. Like, we we, we, we need full trades. Like, well, do you baseball, want this person? Do you want money? What do you want? Because we're not doing this bullshit. The MLB and the NBA have the craziest trade situation. Like, like what happened, uh, was it two years ago, I think, when we got Trey Young? Um, how that whole trade well, went down the, with the Mavericks? Even the the supplemental uh, NFL draft, dude. I didn't know oh, anything sh- about that till Terrell Pryor got into it. Yeah, way back when. And then like the the Patriots a couple years ago had like seventeen supplemental draft picks, and I'm like, how the <laughs> hell does that happen? Yeah, it's weird, man. I mean, uh, the, draft, the NFL. Dude, I'll admit, you know, it's fairly understandable. I get the NFL's, you know, how they kind of go through, but. The NBA, like when we traded to to Dallas, we traded our draft pick, but they picked Trey Young and we picked Luka Donick, but we just but we were already traded. We had already traded, and then we, we ended up trading players after. It was just so weird. I, didn't, I was like, why didn't we just trade picks? Why didn't they pick? I still them? think we, we shouldn't have them. done that. God, I yeah. like Luka, man. Um, I like Luka. It's, it, but it is tough for me to really consider which one I would rather have because I do like Trey. Trey Young's nice. He's Trae nice. Young's nice. And I think the the reasoning behind it is sound. Um, they thought, and I mean it's it's still you know kind of up in the air whether this is the future of the NBA or not, but. They right. went with the whole, you know, oh, the shooter is the future of the NBA. Well, it might be. I mean, we've seen what Steph Curry did. Um, you know, we've we've seen what Damian Lillard's been able to do in Portland. Um, so maybe that is the future of the NBA. I don't know for sure. But Trey Young is nice, and he has fit this team really well. He's played pretty well. Him and John Collins together, I'm really excited to see. Um Especially with this, I don't think they had a whole season under their belt. I think they had like half a season under their belt um, together. Um, yeah. But it's gonna be, it's definitely gonna be interesting, and I, I'm, I'm excited. But yeah, I mean, a part of me does wish we had Luca. I mean, you see what you know he was able to do with Dallas. So, you know, does make you wish we had him. But nothing we can do now, you know. So, just kind of hope yes, Trey Young's gonna be the best he can be. But um. So, again, guys, this will be the first thing that we've put out in probably, what, a couple months, I think, it seems like. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll start putting out more content on a more regular basis. Um, and, and Brandon, of course, will be back. He'll, he should be back next week. Um, but it, it will happen occasionally. It might be Kevin and Brandon. It might be Brandon and me. It might be me and Kevin. Um, it just depends. Um, but we will always try to have at least two of us um, here. Um, but yeah, so just so you guys know, from here on, we will actually start doing, um, probably, probably not with this podcast, I shouldn't say from here on, but eventually we will be doing where, um, you really kind of have to tune into the YouTube or, or wherever we end up putting our videos or live streams to get the full podcast. Um, because in our audios, you're going to get mainly just kind of what we were planning on discussing for that, for that night. And you're going to get like what we were trying to put out. Um, but if you go watch the video, you're going to get a lot more content. 
a lot more of us kind of bullshitting and, and talking, kind of switching subjects, kind of going back and forth about different things and random questions that kind of come about. Um, and there's going to be other stuff that gets added. We're going to add some stuff in. We're going to um, add in some structural items that will be in every podcast, you know, we, or, yeah, in every episode. We've, you know, tried to implement a couple things and they just have kind of faded in and out. But we're going to we're gonna get this stuff, we're going to get this thing more... Um, structured and, and and you know more consistent um but y'all just keep tuning in and and uh we'll keep putting out info we'll keep putting out content we'll be here we're always gonna be here but in uh, these streets in these streets but uh y'all take it easy y'all be y'all be good and and y'all tune in next week you just listen to the sports project